It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Talk to us about the launch in the UK and your ambitions for Europe. What are the timings that we're thinking about? Yeah, so we are launching uh, imminently Mm -hmm. to uh, the initial set of customers Mm -hmm. in the UK. And what we're launching is... uh, commission-free share trading of U.S. stocks. And uh, we're also launching uh, 24-hour trading, which is a unique proposition. We launched a product in the U.S. earlier this year called 24-Hour Market, which was the first, uh, we we became the first major broker to allow round-the-clock trading of individual stocks. Um, I think that's particularly useful for consumers here because there's just, less overlap between waking hours and uh, U.S. East Coast working hours. So that'll, that'll just make it a lot more usable and mm-hmm. a lot more welcoming for, for customers to invest here. We are also launching 5% AER on uninvested cash. So the intention is for the U.K. market, Robinhood, to be the best place to invest in U.S. stocks and U.S. dollars, and, and we believe we can fill that need uh, better than anyone else. And this is happening imminently, so in the new year, is that fair to say in terms of the time frame for this launch? Uh, where the wait list is coming out and yep. we will plan to roll out to the initial set of customers in the coming days, actually. In the coming days. What yeah. is the market opportunity for Robinhood here in the UK? Um, well, uh, I think that if you look at how we've done in the US, after less than 10 years, about eight years of general availability, We've brought on board over 23 million customers. Um, so 23 million yep. customers with money in their accounts on Robinhood. About 10% of the adult population, um, which is tremendous. It took competitors decades to reach uh, that number, and very few have. So I think if we can get similar success in the UK, I think there's, there's a lot we can do here. And there's a lot of value we can add to the market, as you probably know, Back in 2019, the entire brokerage industry in the U.S. replicated our model um, by going to zero commission. And that actually led to savings for tens of millions of people, not just those with Robinhood accounts. Anyone that had an account at a legacy financial institution or discount broker was now not paying commissions or fees for trades and retirement accounts, for instance. And so if we have a similar impact here... I think that could result in lots more money back in customers' pockets um, at a time they need it. They need it the most. So I just want to push you a bit on the market opportunity. What are the kind of numbers that you're targeting by the end of next year? For example, out of the UK, in terms of customer acquisitions, in terms of total numbers or volumes, what are you, what are you looking at? Are the targets? I mean, the way the way we think about it is um, this is a long-term opportunity for us. We've we've spent time building the platform, a technology platform that'll expand that allow us to expand internationally as a software company. 
uh, every time we build new things in the U.S., they'll accrue to customers in the U.K., 24-hour market being a prime example, along with the high-yield offering. So that this product that we're launching now is um, probably the, the best version of Robinhood, and we intend for it to keep improving. And since uh, we are expanding as a technology company and we're, we're building all of this in-house organically, the actual cost of making the platform available in each market should continue to decline, and we'll be able to get more leverage as a result. So I think uh, over the long run, we intend to do quite well, uh, and I'm thinking about it less in terms of like what are the targets uh, in the next couple of months or, or even one year. But I, I think uh, I aspire for Robinhood to be yeah. a global company. That's been the plan from the very beginning. Beju and I started this company as immigrants and children of immigrants, and so the idea of making our services available, making really the best of financial services from anywhere in the world available to anyone anywhere in the world with a smartphone is just uh, the vision I've had in mind from the very beginning. Okay. And it starts with the UK. But you, and you talked about about 10% of the US population that is now, is that correct? About 10% that are using? We have, we've got over 23 million customers. 23 which, million which customers. Which is roughly 10% of, uh, of adults. Uh, of adults. So about 10% of adults here in the UK would be something you'd be looking at. I mean, I think that would be, uh, that would be a great outcome. And I don't think a realistic uh, outcome. that will take a year, but we're going to build towards uh, serving every individual in the UK. Okay. You mentioned the fact you're a decade old. 2013 was when you were founded. Why is it, why is it taking a decade to break into the UK market, Vlad? Um, I mean, I think the, the reality of it is the U.S. is so big and there's so much to build that um, it, it's always sort of a tricky proposition. What, what do you prioritize? And um, we uh, were about to launch in the U.K. a couple of years ago. It was March of 2020. And then we had a little bit of a curveball, didn't we, with, uh, with a global pandemic. And at the time, we didn't know exactly how things were going to shake out, how long it was going to last, how disruptive it would be to the economy. But what we did see was basically a tripling of activity in Robinhood within a very short amount of time. So we had to make the difficult decision to postpone this launch because we were putting in all of the resources we possibly could to dealing with the surge in demand and making sure our infrastructure was scaling in, in the way we needed. And um, we made those changes made those improvements, invested dramatically in the service quality, the infrastructure offering. Mm. Now we're in a much stronger place to, to actually serve the market with not just a better product with all the new features I mentioned, but, but also much stronger infrastructure. And, and how, how do you expect to be turning a profit in the UK? 0% fees, you're doing 5% ADR, as you mentioned. Is it going to be partly subsidized by, by the US customer base or are you focused on, on turning a profit in the UK? And how do you do that? Well, there, there's two ways I think about it. Mm. First, since this is uh, leveraging our core platform from the U.S., um, the, the cost of servicing additional customers in the U.K. is, is lower than when we launched in, in the U.K., in the U.S. initially, because we already have the, the core infrastructure and platform capability and the technology, and everything we build in the U.S. accrues to the U.K. Uh, on the revenue side... Even though payment for order flow is not permissible in this market, yep. we've diversified the business tremendously. Um, and so in, in the U.S., you've seen us launch uh, 
Robinhood Gold with 5% APY. We've launched stock lending, which is good for customers. It allows them to earn passive yield on their stocks, even when they're not trading, and is also a revenue source for the firm, to the point where now more than half of the revenue of the firm is actually interest income. Payment for order flow for equities is right around 5%. Um, And so uh, we believe that that will allow us to continue that path on the UK. We have a diversified business. We can offer tremendous value to customers here um, while also building a sustainable, growing, profitable business, leveraging the technology that we've built. And talk to us about your conversations with UK regulators. How welcoming or not have they been to your presence here? You've been meeting with officials in the UK. They've been very welcoming. I mean, we've, we've been pleased... Um, as we talked a little bit about before the interview, mm-hmm. um, I, I was pleased to be at the GIS, the Global Investment Summit, here earlier this week. And what's been abundantly clear is that um, the, the, the regulators, the lawmakers, the officials here are laser-focused on making the UK the best place to, to do business. And they're, they're making investments. They want to bring in companies uh, they care very deeply about capital formation. And, you know, we, we were committed to going to the U.K. many years ago, but I'd say the climate uh, and the optimism um, has only improved. And we're very optimistic about the market and, uh, and what the future well, holds. Who do you see as a, the biggest competitive threat? Is it, the, is it the incumbents like Hargreaves Lansdowne or is it the startups like Monzo and Revolut? I mean, I don't think there's anyone that's serving the specific need that we believe we can serve better than anyone, which is uh, providing the best access to U.S. stocks and the U.S. dollar in the easiest to use possible interface for retail customers. Our customers are younger. They're early adopters of technology. They're sort of digitally native. Uh, They like to be in control of everything. They don't like to be talked down to and told that, you know, you need to talk to an advisor or an expert to manage your finances. Um, And I I don't think anyone is addressing that particular niche, even in the UK. There's a a cultural shift as well that maybe you'll have to address, which is that we're more risk averse. We trade less. There's less of a retail investor base in the UK and and Europe. So you're going to have to close that gap, right? We do offer uh, 5% AER on uninvested catch with, to my knowledge, a very, very competitive rate here um, in dollars uh, with over $2 million, uh, in FDIC insurance protection. Um, so we have products for customers that, uh, who, who have low risk appetite for financial risk as well, and I think we can serve their needs um, but I, th- I think there's two things we do exceptionally well in the U.S. that carry over in the U.K., despite any cultural differences. People in the U.K. love easy-to-use, compelling mobile interfaces, and they love getting the best possible economics on investing and other financial services. And I think um, these two things have been the cornerstones of Robinhood product design and development. We have really a beautiful, our our customers love the beautiful, almost magical quality of the Robinhood experience, and they appreciate the the fact that they're getting industry-leading economics. And when we talk to customers in the UK, there's a lot of enthusiasm over bringing these things to to this market. Has crypto bottomed, do you think? And is it worth still being in the crypto space, given 
what's happened with the likes of Binance and, and FTX? Or is that an opportunity for Robinhood to take market share? I, I think um, in the long run, it's, it's certainly an opportunity. And it's good for the industry to have unscrupulous actors weeded out and kind of falling off. Um, because I think in order for the industry and the technology to become truly globally accepted, uh, there has to be a foundation of regulatory compliance and it has to be integrated more and more into uh, the traditional financial system and, and help solve real problems for people. So Robinhood continues to build crypto technology and be a leader there. We've been pleased with the growing market share we've been seeing in the U.S. even through the winter. And um, as you probably know, in the U.K., we're not launching with crypto. Um, we're very focused on U.S. shares and, and the high interest product with no FX fees. Um, but we are also expanding in the EU and we will have uh, crypto available in the EU in the coming weeks. And last one on volumes for the business overall, particularly with the U.S. Are volumes, what are volumes looking like in terms of in terms of trading volumes? Are they starting to turn around? Is well, it looking better? What I announced in uh, in Q3 was that we've seen market share uh, continuing to increase uh, across all of the uh, all the assets that we offer, equities market share, options market share, uh, both increased year over year and three quarters sequentially. So it's a little bit hard to disentangle from the data as higher rates have caused the overall trading environment and volumes to decrease, but. We're using that as an opportunity to both diversify our business away from trading and grow market share and consolidate because we know we're in a cyclical industry. Uh, things ebb and flow, interest rates uh, change all the time. So we have to diversify to take advantage of the current environment that we're in. But we're also continuing to invest in the core business of trading because when, when the cycle turns in the other direction, uh, we think we'll be excellently positioned to benefit from that and consolidate our leadership even more. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.